This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Michael Barr, and you're listening to The Business of Sports. We're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to explore the big money issues in the world of sports and talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. Today, it is Fantasy Football Wednesday. And on week eight, we're going to take a look ahead. Of course, we got uh, Rich Truman. He has his beautiful weekly fantasy football column that comes out every Thursday. This season on the Terminal. By the way, Damian Sassauer... He is not with us this Wednesday because he has jury duty, which is pretty good because I had to play him in our league. And Sass, well, he kicked some Sass because he just beat the living <laughs> daylights out of me. I think it was like 100 to 80 something, whatever. He did a great job. So, Sass, we miss you, man. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about your pick that you had last week, your value pick. How did it go? Well, I had a couple of value picks. The pick that I actually said on the air was Justin Jackson. Right. And that was one he would he missed by two points on, on the projections. Um, had some success with Terry McLaurin, who lit up Dallas. Uh, I suggested Zach Moss, who actually got a, a decent amount of carries, and TJ Hawkinson and Chris Godwin all did pretty well. Uh, but we'll get to some more of the value picks later on in this podcast for this week. I also wanted to, as a Lions fan, I have to talk about the Falcons because uh, thank you, Todd Gurley. See, the, <laughs> I have a lot of nerve. But what happened was the Lions were running a freeway play and Todd Gurley scored. Now, <laughs> I think one of the headlines was only the Falcons can figure out a way to lose scoring a touchdown. And they did. So what happened was the Lions came back and had enough time to score, and they and they won. So, which brings me to the point now, the Falcons are snake bit. I have a couple areas I want to go on this one. First, back to the girly touchdown led Detroit to get one more possession, and Stafford threw the game-winning touchdown at the end of the game to right. win it for Detroit. Stafford was my quarterback in fantasy football, and I won by two points against my opponent. So Absolutely. if Gurley... Does not do that. I have a loss last week. So I actually lucked out by that uh, mistake by Atlanta. But, you know, it's, I mean, is there a more snake bitten team by Atlanta than Atlanta? They blew a 25-point lead in the yeah. Super Bowl. And this year alone, look at those three brutal losses. They had at, at, at Dallas, they had a, a nine-point lead with four minutes ago. Nobody recovers onside kicks these, these days anymore. But Dallas did end up getting the ball back and winning. Against the Bears, they had a 16-point fourth-quarter lead. Blew that when Nick Foles came in and threw a couple of touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. And then last week against Detroit. I mean, those are th- they should have three more wins. I believe they're one and six. They easily can have four wins on the season. It's unbelievable. Yeah, all Tall Gurley had to do was just not run in. Let the clock run out. They could have ran the clock out, and that would have been another loss for the Lions, and I would have been crying. 
but it didn't happen that way. So, and by the yeah. way, getting rid of Dan Quinn didn't help anything either. For by the way, the same thing happened in the Penn State college football game this right. weekend against Indiana. Uh, James Franklin, uh, who I always say he could do everything great except coach during the game, <laughs> he decided to uh, let his running back score a touchdown. Indiana got the ball back and went for a two-point conversion, got a touchdown, so on. They lost in overtime, Penn State. So happens in the college level, happens in the pro level, and it seems like nobody learns their lesson. The Cowboys are in sad shape. And uh, I was surprised about something that did happen, uh, that uh, the Red Rifle, uh, Andy Dalton, he got hurt, and it was a vicious shot. But what I was more surprised about is that none of the Cowboys players came to the defense of Dalton. I thought there was going to be a big old fight. Nothing happened. Yeah, that was the big hoopla after the game, how nobody came to the defense. But I was thinking about Dallas because I have Zeke in our fantasy league, and they look horrible offensively. And what do you do? And I was looking at their schedule. They play Pittsburgh, Washington, the Ravens, and the 49ers among the four of their games, you know, along the way. The rest of the year, those are pretty tough. During the playoffs, which are generally weeks 14, 15, and 16, Cincinnati, which is a better matchup, San Francisco, which is an extremely tough matchup, and the Eagles, which I would think is a more favorable than not. They do play the Eagles this week. So it's interesting. I had an offer for Zeke. I don't know if I should take it or not. Do I keep him? Because right now I think he's very undervalued. I, mean, I can imagine that offense is going to bounce back somewhat in the running game. What's the offer? I won't tell anybody. It's okay. <laughs> There's a package deal involving Patrick Mahomes, but we won't go there. I'll bring back more about the Dallas-Philly game a little later on. Uh, let's take a look at uh, quarterbacks. I don't have a clue well, because pretty much everybody is taken off the board. If you're lucky enough, if Tua Tagovailoa is out there, maybe you take a shot on him. But there's nobody else out there. Yeah, and a couple of teams are off this week, including your your guy, Kyler Murray. So a couple of guys that I think are value plays, and again, my article every week is on value plays, guys who are not in the top, you know, three or five selections, but down more uh, on the in the weekly ratings. I like Teddy Bridgewater this week. Hmm. He's going against the Falcons. The Falcons are giving up the second most yards in the league. And I like Ryan Tannehill, who's on my team. And he, over the last 16 games, his stats are pretty comparable to Patrick Mahomes. He faces the Bengals this week, and we know they give a five touchdown passes to Baker Mayfield last week. So that's those are two of the quarterbacks that I rec- recommend in the value play area. I, I've always liked Tennessee in general, so I agree with you. It's like I think they're going to take uh, Cincinnati's heads off. Is it? They look that good. You know, when they stack the line against Derrick Henry, it just gives Tannehill right. so much advantage to try to, to beat them deep. Or uh, A.J. Brown's been great crossing over the middle. Running backs, uh, obviously the big one with uh, Kenyon Drake. Uh, he's going to be out for a while with Arizona. So now you have Chase Edmonds. Now keep in mind Arizona's off this week. Right. So Chase Edmonds is a great player to have. They say that Drake's going to be out at least a few weeks. A lot of people think that Edmonds looks better than Drake in the backfield, so who knows? Uh, just like last year when Drake took David Johnson's job because of an injury, Edmonds might take that job and keep it. So he's definitely a high uh, commodity to take this week. But again, they are off this week. And he looked good 
uh, you know, but in the last game when Drake went out, I mean, Edmonds did look great. Yeah, and I think he scored three touchdowns against the Giants last year also, yeah. so he knows how to reach the end zone. But I'll tell you one value pick running back I do like this week. Again, I'm not going for the top ten guys. I do like revenge game Le'Veon Bell. Ah, uh, yeah. Chiefs are playing the Jets this week. It's a 20-point spread. So in addition to being a revenge game, you got to imagine the Chiefs are going to be up comfortably in the second half. you got to think they're going to run the ball. And Le'Veon Bell right now is the backup running back. So I would think he's going to get a decent amount of carries in that game. He might have. I, I would expect possibly a touchdown and more than 70 yards rushing, I would guess. I agree with you. I See, people disagree about, oh, the narrative. It doesn't. No, I'm a big fan of the narrative because – in the National Football League, you got people at a very high level playing. So then the next level goes to your mind, and if you got revenge and you want to get back on a team, I could see Bell doing that. Wideouts, uh, which is going to be interesting because the biggest injury, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. for Cleveland, uh, he's going to be out for the rest of the season. So what about Rashad Higgins? He's He was a popular pickup on waivers. Um but I still think Cleveland's a more of a ground-and-pound kind of t- team if they had the option. Now, keep in mind, they had to come from behind against Cincinnati. So I still think their bread and butter is running the ball with Kareem Hunt, who I actually like a lot this week. But another injury in the wide receiver front is in San Francisco. Debo Samuel's yes. out a couple weeks. And I like Brandon Ayuk. Now, keep in mind, they're playing Seattle. Seattle's giving up the most passing yards in the league. So... Teams are lighting up Seattle. Seattle obviously has a great offense, so they're in, they're in a lot of games that are in the in the 30s. You know, San Francisco is also a ground and pound team, but I do think that Brandon Ayuk is going to have a, a good amount of targets this week. And with Debo Samuel, I mean, those things, those hammies, soft tissue injuries, they take a long time to heal. And we, I think we see more this year than any year, and that's obviously because of the lack of the preseason. Tied in. Good luck. I don't know who the heck is out there that's worth picking up. Well, Lucas Kelman, who works for Bloomberg, gave me an interesting stat that the Saints are ranked 31st against tight ends this season. So he recommended Jimmy Graham for the Bears. Now, the Bears' offense did look awful against the Rams on Monday night. So that's one possibility for a value pick if you want. And you know who scored in two straight games and is starting to round into shape? Whom? Gronk. Oh yeah! Grant the last two last back. two games scored a touchdown each game and had eight targets each game, so he's another guy to keep in mind if you need a, a value pick. But obviously, you have the Kelseys of the world and you have the Kittles of the world, which everybody loves. But I try to look for the value plays. Speaking of which, do you think Tom Brady is laughing right now? Uh, I mean, I, I hate to say it because you know New England that was his home and there was a lot of success there. But I've never seen New England play as bad as they did this past Sunday. You have to go back to the Steve Grogan era for that to happen. Well, keep in mind, they had a couple of defensive stars op out because of COVID. That's number one. So their defense is not as good as last year. And I still think Belichick deserves an immense amount of credit for the success of the Patriots. So let's just wait. It's early. Tampa Bay is pretty loaded on offense and defense. So I think he's got a bit of supporting cast. And I also think that when you go through COVID, uh, like what happened earlier, some of those old injuries that Cam had, uh, maybe they're, they're starting to be nagging again. Cause Could Cam, be. Yeah, Cam, Cam looked good early. looks awful now. Yeah, ever since he had the COVID and then after this, good luck. Defenses, uh, you know, 
I mean, yes, they're the obvious. There's KC and then there's Tampa Bay because KC playing the Jets and then you have Tampa Bay playing the Giants. But what about New Orleans, as we talked about? I think that they that defense might work if you don't have a choice. Let's say, for instance, you have one of the four out uh, that's on the bye, Arizona, Washington, Jacksonville, and Houston. Maybe New Orleans is not a bad pickup. No, yeah. I mean, first of all, keep in mind they didn't look great against Carolina, but the Bears' offense looked awful, so it, it's worth a shot. You know, I was looking, I was doing some stat work before I did my podcast with you, Michael Barr, or our podcast, because I like to try to be prepared. I, I there is so much high, there's so many high scoring games this year that I don't think I've ever recalled. And I looked the most points allowed by defenses. There are eight teams in the league giving up 29 points or more this year which is a ton. And the team that has given up the most points are, Michael, team who's given up the most points this year? Chicago. Dallas Cowboys. Almost oh, 35 right. points a game they're giving they up. they have no defense. And the Raiders, Vikings, and Jacksonville all given up around 32 points. So, and on, on the offensive side, the team with the highest scoring offense is Seattle, almost 34 points a game. Then you have a couple over 30 also, like Green Bay, Kansas City, yeah. Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. So, I don't recall, and I don't, I, I don't know if it's because it was a lack of preseason this year, I don't ever recall there being so many high-scoring games every week. Which brings me to Survivor, and I, I shudder my mouth for saying this, is Philadelphia a good pick if you want to be in the survivor pool. I mean, I know, again, the obvious choice is KC against the Jets. But uh, here's the prompt. If you're in, say, for instance, our survivor pool, we still have 43 guys left out, about 260. And I'm one of the guys still in it. And, of course, the obvious choice is just pick KC. But everybody else is going to be on KC. So mathematically, you want an advantage to go to another team where if everybody gets knocked out, if all of a sudden some miracle happens, you're on one team and then the other team gets knocked out, you're going to win. So what about Philly? The rivalry games are tricky. So I actually would personally stay away from Dallas and Philadelphia. Dallas can't be any worse than they were last week. So I can imagine they have to bounce back, at least on the pride reason. So I actually would stay away from the game. And if you didn't go with Kansas City, which is the obvious choice, like you said, I think I'd go with Tampa Bay against the Giants. Yeah, I was going to mention that, too. I, I don't like to play road teams too much, but I, I do think Tampa Bay will handle the Giants pretty easily on Monday night. Any other secret choices that you can share with us? Value plays? Value plays. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys, I like Travis Fulgham of the Eagles. He's definitely emerged as their top wideout. And as I said before, the Cowboys are giving up a league-leading 34.7 points a game. So I do like him. By the way, again, Arizona, Washington, Jacksonville, Houston, those four teams are in the bye. If you have any players on those teams, get them out of your lineup and prepare for week eight. Sass, you kicked me down. I'm sorry you're not here. I know you're going to like laugh at me when you come back uh, next week. So, Damian Sassauer, we miss you, man. Rich Truman, of course, always with his great weekly fantasy football column, comes out every Thursday this season on The Terminal. I'm Michael Barr, and you can catch our podcast right here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. You can catch me on Twitter at Dick Barr Sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports, Bloomberg Radio, around the world. 